Hey, what's up, guys? Dummy Room Punk Rock Podcast, episode 154. I'm your host, Nadege. Hope everyone's doing well. I gotta say real quick, it's a, uh, it's a Dummy Room's birthday today. Happy birthday! Three years old. Uh, there's so much that we did in the last three years that I'm proud of, and, and a lot that I did in the last year that I'm proud of myself, but um, the best part about the last three years has been just making friends with the people I've had on, becoming friends with so many rad people, and, and really, it's it's been awesome to reconnect with old friends, and that's exactly what this episode is about. Uh, it's real special for me, my old, old friend Kevin Kalen from Mulligan Stew, and, and much much more currently from Mono and Stereo is here. How you doing, dude? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, happy to be here. Happy birthday. Happy uh, podcast birthday. Yeah, it's crazy. Three years. It's like I said, I didn't think we'd make it to 10 episodes. I didn't and... think you'd make it three. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> That's um, what I'm here for. It, it's been forever since we've talked, and uh, it's just nice to finally have you on. It is. I, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a listener. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's nice to Thank be on. You. Nice to, uh, say hi to everyone. And, uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Yeah. So I think a lot of people know who Mulligan Stew is, but if you don't know, uh, Mulligan Stew is this great band from, from Rockford, Illinois. Rockford, Illinois. I, dude, I've been a fan for 25 years and I have, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea the origins of Mulligan Stew. Like, I, I feel like I know you guys pretty well, and I've known you guys for a while, but I don't know the origins. I wasn't around, the, you know, in the early 90s. Right, right. Or anything like that. So um, I guess I'd love to know, like, how did Mulligan Stew start? Um, There was a really healthy burgeoning punk scene in, in this area in the early 90s. Late, late well, actually mid to late 80s into the early 90s it, it might have been okay before that but i was it would have been a little too young um so i was just going to punk shows having a great time uh thought it looks like i could do that i think it doesn't seem super <laughs> hard i'd never never played a musical instrument or anything really uh, yeah i started late i uh, i didn't start till i was like uh 17 18 years old i know yeah i got a my first guitar for with uh some high school graduation money hmm. um went to college and Went to college, didn't go to class, went to college, stayed home all day and learned how to play guitar. So yeah, that was a good choice. Um, got back <laughs> home, uh, just practiced a lot, and I'm like, I, how do I put this together? I don't really know who else plays. But it's, it's sort of like anybody else that can play was already playing. Um, and then I remembered I had this guy, uh, Mike Milanis, the, uh, the bass player, who's actually my mm -hmm. cousin. Um, we weren't super close at the time we saw each other from time to time but it was it wasn't you know like we were always hanging out at each other's houses or anything like he plays bass so we just kind of started getting together trying to figure it out went through a couple of drummers uh <laughs> yeah the, some long stories yeah. there some crazy <laughs> stuff but yeah yeah i ended up with a, a drummer that we met sort of randomly at a party and uh just started playing just kind of it was really just like punk rock is supposed to be we just picked up instruments and said, all right, let's figure this out. And then you figure a couple songs out and you ask around and you get on a bill and here it is 30 years later, I yeah. think ish. And, uh, and I'm still dumb enough to be doing it. So <laughs> where's Billy coming to play then? 
Billy comes into play early, however, not necessarily in the band. He uh, so our very first show was at a, at a pretty legendary place called the Alumni House in Beloit, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, uh, Green Day. The, the, yeah, everybody played there back. Everybody then. Was, played there. Big deal. Everybody's played the the Alumni House. Um, so we got on a. Oh no, we didn't get on a gig. Um, I had a friend. We all had a friend, a skateboard friend. It was all kind of started around skateboarding too. That was sort of the impetus of all of it. Uh, even b- before the alumni house, back more in the 80s, uh, the rotation station was a, a skate park. It was an old roller rink I used to work at in uh, in the 80s, like well in high school. And the son of the woman who owned it was a big time skateboarder, got into skateboarding, and then they would do skateboard nights and just build these ramps, like roll them out onto the roller r- rink. And then we'd have to like push them back in the corner when it was roller skate. It, anyway, uh, I digress. Um, where did I start this? Okay, so anyway... <laughs> I, I don't even know where I was going. Uh, first show, uh, oh, Jim Bell. Jim Bell, that's right. Jim Bell was in a band, skateboard dude that we knew. He was in a band. They were playing a show. He had a band uh, The Bill was in. And we sort of split the bill because we were both very, very new. We both had maybe four or five songs. Like, hey, you guys play half the set. It was super low-key back then. You know, you could just kind of do that sort of thing. So we just split their part of the bill we played like four or five songs or whatever bill was there because he's in that that band uh liked it we became friendly you know and uh i think within a year or so i was kind of asking around about uh adding another we were three piece at the time about adding another guitar player and i sort of asked him if he knew anyone he was like yeah me and here it is (laughs) you know 28 years later and he and i are still you know like brothers, so. Yeah, Billy Paranoid. Billy Paranoid, yes. He How do you get that pa- name? Billy, Billy <laughs> grew up in a small town in Wisconsin uh, by Lake Geneva. Yeah, uh, Delavan. Not even as big as, yeah, yeah, Delavan, Delavan, yeah. Not a very big town, not a lot of danger. And anytime we would come <laughs> to the big city of, of Rockford or, God forbid, we went to Chicago or wherever we were going, it was a bit of a culture shock at first for him. <laughs> Now, and now he lives down the street from me, so, you know, it's not like, yeah, but yeah, that, that's where the Billy Paranoid came from. He was a little wigged out by uh, just people and cities and things of like that in general. Yeah, Delavan was by the, uh, it was by Lake Geneva, which was the, uh, had the big Playboy mansion, right? Or the Playboy place? Yeah, Club? it's, te- I think it's <laughs> technically, uh, where does he live technically? It's not Delavan, though. It's not Walworth. It's just outside of Walworth. Why can't I think of the town he's from? It's between Walworth and Lake Geneva, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, but right on, yeah, right on Lake Geneva and right down the street from the old Playboy called BS. I stayed at his place one time. That was a disaster. <laughs> what ha- Why was it a disaster? What happened? I think, well, I'm trying to remember, actually. We'll get to it. Well, well fuck it. Let's dive right into it. You're, you had a cover band called the Martha Quinn Experience. I did, yes. Which was fucking awesome if you... if. Oh man, the the logo was the big M and then Q E like it so it looked like MTV, and uh, you guys were just like an '80s like kind of like a new wave cover band. We did, yeah. So the the sort of not the very first original against Stu drummer, but the first real you know actual musician guy um, that we met randomly at the party. He's a little bit older than me. And he had some friends more in that age, and they sort of grew up more on, not so much the punk rock stuff, but they more grew up on the, the new wave stuff of the mid to early 80s. And I love that stuff. I mean, that's, you know, uh, great yeah, stuff. Yeah. So just on the side, we sort of had this cover band as kind of a uh, on a whim. 
and it is weird when you're in a cover band and you play <laughs> songs that people know, even though they're songs that most people that show up don't really know or didn't listen to when they were current. People love it, and we ended up making like money, and it got kind of weird pretty quick because it was <laughs> all of a sudden there's this pressure when you show up and they're giving you all this money, and we would just get so hammered drunk. <laughs> that we had to like by the end of the night it was i don't even know how we made it through the, the the sets i don't know yeah most for those who don't know most cover bands bar bands play four sets 45 minute sets with 15 minute breaks <laughs> we had to stop doing that we had to play three sets because the more time we took break the drunker we got and by the end it was just <laughs> shenanigans most of the time of the third set we would just replay songs that we'd played earlier the ones that we kind of knew really really well could get through while we were hammered and uh, and just say that, yeah, oh, yeah, somebody requested this one, so we're going to play it again. Yeah, but we really were just too drunk to play anything that we couldn't play <laughs> blindfolded. But it was fun for a while. It, it was fun. It was before, like, nowadays, like those 80s cover bands, they, they fucking kick ass, right? They, they make a bunch of money, they play festivals, and yes. they do really well. But this was kind of before that, because you it guys was, played It was this... a weird time. This was the m- late 90s. Yeah. And so the, 80, the 80s weren't that far removed, so it was a really sort of an awkward <laughs> yeah we were the first 80s cover band that i could think of as far you know i'm sure there were others but as far as just doing it and and when we we first started we were all into like the new wave stuff like the cure and depeche mode and things like that but then you start messing around and you throw in a jesse's girl by rick springfield and people go ape shit yeah. and then <laughs> that's sort of intoxicating so the next thing you know you're starting to play you know it's two-thirds of the songs are like 80s pop songs it was never the intent at all but they start paying you money for this crap and you're like uh, all right we can do that i guess and which yeah. is also ultimately why it burned out it became like this is more like a job now than it is a a, a fun band to be in but it, it was always fun it just ran its course yeah dale dale from mulligan stew was in the band with you yes and yes and uh holland zander right yeah holland zander yeah robin zander's daughter holland uh was in the band. Yeah, we got her at some point. She wasn't there originally, but at some point we we realized we needed a female singer to do some of these songs. So she, uh, yeah, she was in the band for for quite a while too. Yeah, I think she was there the night that I'm trying to get to here with this story. But it was outside. It was in Delavan or wherever the fuck it was. And um, I had gone down there to take pictures of you guys for the for the Dumb and Love seven inch. I remember those pictures. I, yes, I yep, absolutely. Yeah, yep. that was in that's in Walworth, <laughs> technically. If it may no I'm okay, sorry. Okay. Nobody listen to the cares. That's that's my that's my fault. Nobody cares. <laughs> um but I remember I got really drunk and uh while you guys were playing I had to I had to go outside and, and just puke, dude. And I don't know if you remember this. Imagine how I felt. I <laughs> I ended up puking on the bar. Like, I went outside and I puked. <laughs> but you guys, the bar behind you was a window, which was the outside, you know? Yeah, so yes. anyone who walks past the window, you can see from inside. And I went out the door, and I puked right on the sidewalk there, so everybody inside uh, saw me. <laughs> I don't remember that. You're, you're going to find that I don't remember many yeah, of yeah. the stories that we were probably going to talk about. But, yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, now, picture this. The the bar is called the Cruise Inn in Walworth, Wisconsin. This is not exactly a progressive place, and we have uh, <laughs> a bunch of idiots playing new wave '80s songs in a Wisconsin bar, and and Nate's puking all over the place, which is 
pretty classic. <laughs> but I remember I went outside, I puked, and then I walked back in casually, like no one would fucking know. And right, everyone, right. Everybody had just watched me do it. So, but that night I ended up staying at Bill's place. Oh, okay, and, that makes uh, sense. Right. Yeah, because I, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't let me drive. Bill and Sarah wouldn't let me drive at that point, which was, yeah, pretty good. So, yeah, but great band, man. Yeah, Martha Quinn experience. It was fun. It it was it yeah. was fun for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was fun. Like I say, it ran its course. It was what it was. So, we uh, I think one time we tried to kind of get together to do like a one time reunion thing, and it was just like, this is too much work. I can't relearn like <laughs> fifty songs that I you know. It's, uh, yeah, it wasn't worth it. But anyway. There was, um, fuck, I was trying to, I thought of this the other day too. There were so many times where I went, we went down there and hung out, but, um, I think it was in Janesville. We were all in Janesville one night for some reason, and we ended up at a bar and you guys had, had obviously been to this bar before and you were talking about, uh, at, at closing time, there's always a fight and, um, we hung around and sure shit, there was a huge brawl in this bar. And I remember sitting in a booth with you guys, like fucking chairs were flying through the air. And and we just walked out casually after the cops had kind of come through and cleared it out. And there was still fighting outside and shit. I can't imagine I, I don't why remember Bill was why we were there. I think it was a house party at maybe like, who was the guy that did um, Johan, right? Was he living down Johan, there yeah. at the time? Yeah, Johan lived. Yeah, he's from Janesville. Johan and Noah. I think it was one of them, maybe. Shout out remember. to Shaw Records. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. This is yeah, there was a lot of shenanigans back then. Yeah, there was. There was yeah, there was a lot of that. <laughs> one of which was one of which was at your wedding. I'll get into that later. Just for me personally. Oh, I'd love to hear that. But um so I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember the first Mulligan Stew record I ever got. It was either Defenders or, or Trailer Park Kings. They were They came out they came out pretty much at the same time. Uh they were very, very close. Matter of fact, they, matter of fact, I think they were recorded in the same session. If I'm not, if I'm, no, if I'm not, oh mistaken. really? Yeah, they have. They sound like I it. Think so. so. Yeah, I, 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 I'm thinking it's probably Trailer Park Kings, just because it, it was on Rhetoric. Right, right. Bigger. Yeah, no, Rhetoric was probably yeah easier to get your hands on. I, that's that seems to be the record that most people have, or you know, that's that's the one that had was most widely. I, I, as a matter of fact, um, it's a story that people here could appreciate. So uh, Bill, the other guitar player from uh, Mulligan Stew, is a professional recording uh, uh, recording engineer. He uh, worked in Madison, Wisconsin, when uh, Ben Weasel was there recording uh, the vocals for the, I think it was for the rock opera thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So he had his own producer, that guy from All American Rejects, right? Didn't he produce Yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah Mike. So I think he was producing, but Bill was there helping out with some engineering stuff. And somehow the subject came up, and uh, the Bill's and Mulligan Stew. He's like, "Oh yeah, I know. That's uh, that's the record where you guys sitting outside the trailer park, right?" And like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so I think so that's ben the record that got out more. That's that's what I was told. I wasn't there, but that's what I've heard. Was that at the? What is that? The Blasting House? Is that what it's called? No, uh, Paradigm Productions. That's where Ben Weasel did. He recorded vocals for Baby Fat there, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Good studio. Um, Shout out to Jake. He was also. Um, you guys were rehearsing at um, uh, what the hell's the name of that place? Uh, Mad City Music Foundry. Is that is that something? Foundry. Right? The Foundry. Yeah, I always call it the Foundry. Yeah, it may be. Okay. It may be something more complicated than that. But yeah, the Foundry. Yes. Yeah, because I remember. I remember that's where um, 
me and Tracy went there to to meet you guys once. You guys were practicing. I think it was a dumb down show though. I'm not sure, but anyways, okay, and that's where down. um that's where Screeching Weasel was also rehearsing around that same time. Oh, so, okay, makes sense. Yeah, that does sound a little familiar now that you mentioned that. Yeah, no, it's a cool place, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really cool place. Still there, as far as I know. I don't remember how many studios were in there. It was like five or six, right? There Great are idea. Pro- there are probably three, maybe four, like, rooms for bands, and then there are a bunch of smaller rooms for, like, lessons and, and things like that. Okay. It's cool that they, they can uh, they can have that, you know? Wouldn't work in my city. Well, it, it, worked, <laughs> it worked for us because we play Madison a lot. and uh, Yeah. So it was like if we just and, – and we've had uh, band members, including uh, – Mono and Stereo now, their uh, Mono and Stereo's drummer is from Madison, but uh, we've had Mulligan Stew drummers from Madison, so it was nice to just be able to, if we had to show up there, we just go rehearse and go to the show yeah. or whatever, but yeah, it was convenient. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, those those first couple of, uh, well, there wasn't that many Mulligan Stew records, but um, those first two, man, they were always great. I, I just remember being like right out of high school and just playing those all the time, and I don't remember, I don't remember the first time I saw Mulligan Stew. I have no clue. I don't know if it was even in, if it was in Rockford or Madison. I'm sure it was Madison. I, I, I'm sure maybe at the Potato Place. Remember the Potato What's Place? It? No. What's the Potato Place? The place that. Uh, see, this is where I'm bad. Uh, it was a place. It was like a little, <laughs> like a a, a a restaurant of sorts. But their specialty was mashed potatoes. It was like right on campus, and it was just uh, a little spot. But they did they did great punk shows for. Uh, couple three years there we played there quite a bit for a while I, I remember there were some pretty really really good bands that played there i know we we played there i know we brought the cretans there at one point the parasites we definitely played there with the parasites um oh i know where you're were, talking about because i was i was at a parasite show there and you guys had played but that was later on though but um that was a little later on yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah no the, you're right you're right that timeline wouldn't work you're right nope that was definitely what, what, was it in like a strip mall kind of thing, like right off? It was of... in like, yeah, like not not really a strip mall, more like a. It felt more like a school building, like a like where the, uh, like the supply store would be or whatever at a college campus. Yeah, it was you like, know, an like outside... one of those kind of buildings, like a multi-function out, out outside mall kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, outside yeah, entry, yeah, yeah. But a mall kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that fucking place, but um, people shit. Are, people are screaming at us right now, listening to this, going, "It's called the you idiots." <laughs> it's like some two assholes fucking in Madison stop drinking. losing their mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I I did that was later on. That was probably like ninety late 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 nineties. Yeah, but um, the only time I do remember this wasn't my first Mulligan Stew show, but I remember that it was the first time I saw your van. Um, you guys played with Zoinks. I think it was Zoinks. Okay, fuck at at O'Kay's Corral. Maybe it wasn't Zoinks. Fuck, now I can't remember. But anyways, I remember <laughs> walking up to the place and uh, seeing the seeing the van outside. It was the first time I'd ever seen the license plate. You guys had personalized license plate on the van. I forgot that. That's right. Terrible idea. What, what Terrible was it? Like idea. M L G N S two. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I still have a Yahoo email address with that. You can email me. Find out. We'll see if I answer. I know I have a picture of that somewhere. Of that license that's a, plate for that show. That's a terrible idea because I would get drunk and talk <laughs> shit. And then, you know, it's hard to hide. That's a terrible idea. Well, plus you, you have, you know, all your gear in there and uh, that's an, get the van uh, parked. Yes. And <laughs> but it looked fucking cool, man. 
Yeah, you know. And we had the, the I think the, the van was worth about 150 bucks, and we had like a- Maybe. Uh, with, the, with the gear. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we had like a $1,200 stereo system with like this big CD changer thing when that was a big deal. And we would just roll into shows, and every time, like a block away, we would crank It's a Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll by ACDC, and just like blaring <laughs> out the windows. God, were we dorks. Um. Those rhetoric shows, though. It was a rhetoric show, I know, because I loved those because Brad would bring, like, all the records down. And he'd have a big fucking table set up with just right. miles of seven inches. You know what I'm talking about. And I it was do. like It was so fun. You could, you could drink, you could record shop, and you could see fucking bands play all in one night. It was awesome. It's pretty, pretty much three of my favorite <laughs> things. So, yeah, it's not a lot to go wrong there. Yeah, I wish I could remember that. Who I don't think it was Zoinks. Now that I think about it, it must have been somebody else. It, Fuck. It very, it very well could have been Zoinks. We played with them quite a few times, and I know they were definitely close with Brad. So yeah, uh, yeah, I could definitely. I remember being at Brad's house. They pulled up, and they were traveling in a minivan. There was only three of them, but they had their all their stuff, and those three guys in a minivan uh, across the country. I was like, that was that's that's tight. Yeah, because I saw. I saw Zoinks play OKs. I know that for sure. And I know they played with Dillinger 4. But I thought you guys were on that show too, but I I, maybe I not. think we were cuz I know we played with them there too. I remember talking to uh to Patty outside for whatever reason like vague memories. That was like early that was like 97 or 98 or something. That was forever ago. But um um yeah, Zoinks and you guys were like the only two of the only like pop punk bands on Brad's Brad's label. Rest was. It was kind of. It was. It was kind of weird when he uh, when he asked us to do it. Um, I wasn't even that super familiar with the label because it was mostly kind of grindcore stuff, and and that kind of thing, which has just never been my cup of tea. You know, nothing wrong with it. It's just not my yeah. thing. And uh, but he was at. I think I'm sure it was a Peshaw show, and because those guys were friends with him, and we and we started talking, and he was interested in putting out a seven inch, and I'm like, who was I going to turn down at that point? You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. hey, I put, I, I let you put out a record for us. So, Christ, who was like, you know, <laughs> you're not picky. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a very discerning person. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that. We met Brad, and and he wanted to put out a record, and he ended up putting that seven inch out. We did the Teen Idol split. Yeah, we were on the uh, the I think at this point fairly famous flexi disc, the Less Than Jake flexi disc with uh, who was it? it was us and Boris the Sprinkler. Sonic Dolls, and Less Than Jake, obviously, and I yeah. think I think Less Than Jake actually did that record. So that, but Brad got us on it for sure. That's like the most and famous then, flexi record ever. <laughs> right, right. It's yeah. I, I I hear things about it. people ask me about it once in a while. I think I still have a couple copies somewhere. So, do you really? Because I used to have yeah. it. I have the poster from the show. I still have that. But I cannot. I haven't seen that record in a long time. I I might have made some money on it. I don't know. That was you it. Know? Was an incredible show. I've never experienced really another punk band like Less Than Jake at that time. Who are I mean they're way bigger now. I think I, maybe uh, maybe not. But yeah, they're pretty people big. <laughs> just, people traveled with them. I mean, uh, there were people from Florida there. They were just like it was like a dead show, but for ska punk. It was weird. So they just like <laughs> went on tour, just followed them around. And we're playing a bar in Madison, you know, and it was packed. Oh my god, it was packed to the roof. Okay's, that's where it was. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite places I've ever played. Yeah, I actually I loved that place, but I saw, um, I'm in this uh, like Madison punk group on Facebook, and okay. somebody had posted uh, the Descendants uh, all tour '87 
and they played OK's Corral on that tour. The oh, next night insane. they played they played the Riverside Ballroom in Green Bay and First Avenue in Minneapolis. So they were playing bigger Jeez. places because OK is yeah, like yeah. OK is. I like was gonna a say was dive that, bar. It could, yeah, no, it was, it's a bar bar. Like you could just open that for <laughs> Monday Night Football, and it wouldn't look out of place at all. There's just a stage against one wall, you know, not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I was thinking maybe that was the time when the Descendants were like all was kind of weird. You know, we've all seen the documentary. There was a time there was they were in a lull. But yeah, but if they were playing those bigger places elsewhere, I just don't think there was anywhere else to play in Madison. I don't know. I mean, there was there was other places, but not not like I don't think there was like bars. There was like well, there was uh, like the new the new loft or whatever that the new was. Loft. But that, that was wasn't... a big place. Not in '87 though. I don't think it was. Maybe it wasn't around yeah. then. I went maybe to the new not, loft yeah. a couple of times, and they. Some of the bands that rolled through there, like No Effects, played there and shit like that. So, bigger, bigger bands too. But that was that place wasn't very big either. But bigger than OKs. No, it, <laughs> bigger than OKs. If if nothing else, just because it's open space, just a, a rec hall, like a just picture of yeah, yeah. all ages rec center kind of open space place. Yeah, yeah, we played there. Actually, we played a gig there. We were up. Uh, we used to record in Madison, and we recorded like all day on a Saturday and then went there to play a show. Worst idea ever. Yeah, that was that was not good. We were not good that night. We were completely out of sync and, and well, exhausted more than anything. <laughs> and yeah, that was bad. It's just a memory that hit me. Anyway. Was was that early on or what? That no, that was uh I that was probably during the recording of the album, the full the first full length album uh that was on rhetoric. Do the kids wanna rock? Do the kids wanna rock? Where'd you guys record that there? It was like Sleepless Nights or something? Sleepless Nights, yeah. That's where we yeah. recorded all the all the early stuff, yeah. Seemed like that was the studio, mid-90s, you know? That was the Besides place, smart. yeah. <laughs> the affordable place. Yeah, 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 right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sleepless was uh, was really good to us. Yeah, we, we had a lot of great great times there, and they did a good job for us. Dude, do the kids want to rock? I still love that album. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it. it uh, there's some things I wish I could do over again on it, but that's I think <laughs> everybody would say that. Uh, m- mostly, yeah. like 
mastering wise and things like that. I mean, the, I mean, the songs are silly, but that's was it was appropriate for the time. So that's yeah. No, I yeah, I, I'm proud of it. I'm glad it's, it's it has a bit of a legacy, and I still hear people you know from all over uh, mention it. So it takes me back to a time because when you would see Mulligan Stew live, I mean, that was it seemed like "Do the Kids Want to Rock" was just always the first song you guys played. It was our theme song, yeah, for sure. Ah, dude, I, the whole album is fucking great. I mean, I, I'm I'm really partial to it just because you know we have history and and it takes me back to that time. But it really is sure. a great album, and I, I know what you mean with the with the the production on it. It's a little, it's a little muddy, but it doesn't even I don't even doesn't even phase me, you know. So it, it's it's weird because we spent a lot of time on that record, and we it sounded great, and we a beat it against other stuff. I can almost it was I'm sure it was. Probably bark like a dog and the first chicks dig it record, if memory serves, that we were a being against just to get that was what was out at the time and we were trying to it, you know does it live up to this and it did and then it got mastered. Perkins wasn't mastering then, so <laughs> no, <laughs> god no. damn it, no, yeah, so it, it got mastered and it, and it it went to hell and and we were naive. It was our first real record and we should have caught it and said, this isn't, something's wrong here. We didn't. So ultimately our fault, we, we should have caught it. We didn't, but oh well. That's why you should put it out, Nate. We, we can, we can, we can uh, remaster <laughs> it. You put it out. Dude, it's so <laughs> good. I'd, I'd do that in a second. Um, I never met Kelly, but she sang on the, on the Holly Vincent song. Tell yeah, that girl, tell to, that girl shut to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. That's Kelly Sullivan. Yeah. S- so how yeah, did that Dan, come about? Uh, Dan, Dan Panic's sister. sister. Yeah. 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 She's great on uh, she that. She was, she was married or dating. I think I think they were married to uh, a guy from Appleton, Wisconsin. We played up there a bunch, uh, Denny, yeah, and uh, who was also in the Parasites for a short time. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we got to know her through that, and and, and I think that before even before that, when she was in Chicago, she would come to the Pit a lot, which is a venue in in Rockford, was a big skate park that had. Like we mentioned, everybody played the Alumni House. Even more bands played the pit, and it was even way bigger. There were some huge shows there. I mean, we were talking like Fear and bands like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we originally met her there and then got to know her more uh, going to Because we played the Appleton, Menasha, that, you know, that whole area constantly. That was like our, I think we played there more than anywhere else uh, at that particular time. So, yeah, she was, that's how, that's how we met her. And uh, she's a great singer, so we like just oh, yeah. talked her into coming down and doing it, and she just kind of did it on the fly and turned out great. F- whole album is fuck it. I love it, dude. I listened to it today again. <laughs> who did the uh, Who did the cover art for that? That's a good question. It was a guy that I think it's a guy Johan. Uh, we go back to the Peshaw. I think yeah. it was a guy Johan knew from Minneapolis. I-, I don't know him. I don't know his name. I- I mean, I'm sure it's credited on the on the record somewhere. Uh, but I just I saw that that painting he had done and it just it struck me i'm not i don't know anything about art but i know when i see art that i like and that was just like <laughs> yeah. that's just cool I, I, that just looks appropriate to me the colors were you know yeah it was just uh that, it was that simple yeah he just showed me some stuff the guy did and that just jumped out it was almost immediate it was like it was very little discussion from what i remember you know what i didn't like about it was that didn't have the logo dude the mulligan stew it, it didn't have the logo we we kind of i think that was it, w- it wouldn't have fit. I'm sure we tried because we tried to shoehorn it into everything because it was sort of, you know, it's branding, I guess, even though we didn't know it was called branding. But that's sort of what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we put that logo on everything. So, which is funny because who came it, up with that logo? I drew it. Yeah, it was me. Really? Yeah, I just drew it. I was I had uh, like I, I was in even back then. I I went to school for like drafting, and yeah. uh, I had a job that was sort of it's literally pencil and T square drafting. And I just drew it up, sort of uh, hot rod reminiscent, sort of you know Cadillac sort of thing. Don't yeah, tell yeah. Cadillac I don't want to get sued. They can have all the money that Mulligans do made, like seven dollars. You made that much? No, I'm sure not. It's an exaggeration. <laughs> I just remember, dude, it looked awesome on the back of leather jackets. Fuck yeah! I remember that like one of the like the first time I ever met you guys. I remember like, holy shit, on the jackets looks awesome. I know. I felt bad when I finally met the Teen Idols. They <laughs> did the same thing, and I felt like, yeah. dude, I swear to God, we didn't, we didn't steal this. I swear to God, <laughs> like we both came up with this. From what I remember, I don't remember that being a. I don't remember. I, I don't think we knew them when we first did that. So, but that was also kind of a cool thing because that. I mean, it, I think it was sort of a kindred uh, spirits there with those guys because we got to be pretty close with them. Played that, play with them quite a bit. And of course, the split, which is which is really cool, yeah. you know. Hey, this is Phil from Teen Idols, and you're listening to the Dummy Room. <laughs> I don't know if I ever went to the pit. I know I've been to a couple of skate parks that had shows, but I just, okay. for some reason, I just don't remember. Obviously, I wasn't going to the pit a lot. If I did, it might have been once or twice, but I just don't remember. But man, I, I've seen flyers and some I of the shows you, that you guys got was fucking amazing. I, I think you would know. I think you would know if you went. It was huge. It was huge. We played a show there uh, with the queers, I, I think. I don't know if I'm breaking bad here, but I, you know, Joe had had some troubles in his past at some point. This is stuff I don't know anything about it, <laughs> but stuff you hear. And they made a quick run to the Midwest because they were huge here at the time. And I think they played they played Green Bay. I know they did because I went and saw it. They played the Pit, and then I think they did Chicago. It was like literally a tour of three shows. You know, I don't know. You you can conjecture what you want of that why they would do three shows and then just go back home. But anyway, not, not important. So well, it is important, <laughs> I guess, to the story because we go, it was a Friday night in Green Bay. So we drive up to see it. It was the Contra Cafe. We were there all the time anyway. It's like, hell, let's go up. You know, this will be fun. We drive up there. Next day, it was the show at the pit in Rockford. And uh, there are 900 people there, maybe 1,000 people shit. there. Holy shit. It was huge. People parking in fields. It was nuts, right? And I think it was just us two bands because these were like, it was maybe three weeks notice or something like that. It was very short amount of time it was put together. I don't even, three weeks doesn't, I think it was like a two-week thing or something. Um, so we get up and uh, we're all set up or whatever and we're waiting for the queers, waiting for the queers. They didn't show up. <laughs> Finally, they're like, there's 900 people here. You got to go play. I'm like, Play? What are you talking about? We're gonna go play. That's fine. We got 25 minutes tops if we play everything we know twice, you know. <laughs> so we get up and play, and then eventually it becomes pretty clear they're not showing, and I have to make the announcement. That was not great. <laughs> Needless to say, those those 900 people, uh, a lot of which had seen us 25 times already, probably that year. Like really, I came out to see these guys again, and 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 the queers aren't even showing. Great, so yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. 
I'm actually looking at a flyer right now. Uh, Friday, June 24th. Queers, Scooby Don't, Mulligan Stew. Oh, that's at the Alumni House. So never mind. It's not at the pit. Uh, it's funny. I, I remember that, too. The Queers didn't play that show, either. Um, <laughs> some The drummer, something happened with the drummer. I'm not even sure if it was Hugh or who it was. I don't believe it was Hugh. It seemed like it was somebody else. I think the, yeah, I don't know. I, but uh, Vapid was still, or I'm sorry, Panic was still in Chicago, and they tried to get a hold of him to see if he would come down and play the show, and he couldn't, whatever. So they canceled the show, but us and Scooby Donor there, and we're like, we're here. They rented the hall, so we just did like a makeshift show and like just charged a couple bucks or whatever for whoever was lingering around, and we just ended up doing a show, I think. I know that was the intention. I can't remember the show specifically, but I know that was their intention. You guys played, like you were playing, you didn't play up here much. You played later on in my town, but you were playing Green Bay and the Beloit area. Your name was on every flyer, I swear, for a while there. We were, we were, uh, yeah, I think you're right. We played, we, we didn't turn down many shows. Those, those days we were all working jobs and we didn't really tour like the traditional tour like bands would do or they'd go out for three weeks or whatever. We would just play weeknights. We would play, you know, every weekends. <laughs> yeah. We would do, I mean, I remember playing Wednesday night shows in Des Moines, which is a five, five and a half hour trip from here. Uh, we played, yeah, that one specifically, it was Chicks Dig It and, uh, oh, who's the, uh, the like garage band from Vancouver at the time? Smugglers. Really great band. Smugglers. And, yeah. uh, and then drive back and go to work the next day. You know, it was, it, yeah, we just, we did that all the time. We would play anytime Weston was in the area, which was constantly, <laughs> we would, yeah. we would play pretty much any show that we could get on with them, you know, in the, in the Midwest within, you know, eight hours or whatever. One of my uh, favorite things, I'll go on record here. One of the, my, you know, music is, is amazing. It's great. It's not always rewarding, but when it is, it's amazing. We were playing a show somewhere. I can't remember where. And this was uh, when, um, who's the guy from Beach Lang? He, w- he was in Weston at the time. Because uh, we remember Chuck. And uh, is it Chuck and Dave? Yeah, I think it was Chuck and Dave. Dave, so we there's got a Dave, I them. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, th- and then, uh, uh, what's his name got in the band? And, and, so they wrote the new album. I think it was uh, Got Beat Up or whatever. It was that record. And they were playing the new songs. And they were like, uh, we wrote this song because it sounds like a Mulligan Stew song. And I was fucking blown away. I still am. That's uh, one of the most, <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's awesome. Because we love that band. Still do. Yeah. Legends. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
guys had to have toured? Did you guys play CBGBs? We played uh, rock and roll. Now uh, the uh, high, what's the what's the one that Jesse Mallon owned? I thought it was like Coney Island High. Coney, Coney Island, Island High. High. That's it. Coney, yeah, yeah, we played Coney Island High. We did not play CBs. It at the time we were there, CBs was uh, pretty metal. So it was that scene was just not happening there. And we had hookups there. That's when uh, Malibu Lou was living in New York. So we, you know, we were, we played wherever we needed to play. Uh, it just, yeah, we, that wasn't the place to play at the time. Yeah, no, we did, we did some tours. We, we went out east a couple times. Later on, we took, uh, we flew out to the Northwest and played some dates up there. Uh, so we did, we did some touring, but it was more regional humping it than, than like full on three week tours. I remember, uh, staying at your house all the time and you would tell me about all the bands that played there maybe not a bunch but you'd have shows at your house that that house that was oh yeah yeah it was yeah. like it was behind a house it was a, it was a house behind a house almost like a, like a carriage yeah. house kind of thing yeah yeah we had um got cletus played there <laughs> um this kick-ass all-girl band from denver uh called the pin downs uh, 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 one of the girls in the band I went to college with, we remained friends. So when they'd come through, they, they would play there. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I think we had a couple of, did, I mean, the Cretans were there all the time. <laughs> I like, remember you talking for about a while. That, I yeah. think they just kind of lived there. I, I don't, but I don't know if they ever played there now that I think about it. They were just there all the time. They were like, they just, it, it was great. I have no complaints at all. I love those guys. I, uh, uh, Metal Murphs on Facebook or something every once in a while would drop each other a line, but uh, I haven't I haven't seen them forever. I'd love to, but yeah, they were just there all the time. I'd like get up, I'd go to work. I live with my brother. He'd go to work, and we'd just come back and they'd be like riding BMX bikes and playing Mortal Kombat and like have like a thirty rack old style <laughs> done by then. So then it was time to start again. I'd come down there on like Friday night. We'd go out and I, you know, I'd be passed out early. But I'd wake up and there'd be like nobody in your house. Be like, where are these fucking guys? I don't know if you went to work or whatever the hell you were doing, but I'd just sit around and wait for you Probably. guys to come back. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to go, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, just sitting here in this crappy ass house. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a pretty disgusting place, but at the time it was it, it, it was perfect. It, it's funny, it's one of those weird places. The only time we really cleaned is when we were having a party, which doesn't make any sense because then she gets fucked up beyond belief. But yeah, we would like kind of clean up and then have a party and it would be just destroyed again.
Dude, I fucking love the second full length rock and roll band. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was uh it was a record that we put together. It was supposed to come out on this label. You know, I mentioned earlier we flew out to the uh to the northwest. I think it was called Sucker Punch Records. Yeah, I remember that. If I'm not label. mistaken. You remember that label? Yeah, it was supposed to come out on that. I I forgot how we got hooked hooked up with that guy. But he had put out some pretty cool stuff. There were some good pop punk bands out there. God, I wish I could remember the names. There were some pretty good ones, though. And uh, so we put the record together. Um, we were three-piece at the time. Uh, so the, it got it got the record changed a little bit. It was a little more power pop, probably, influenced. Does that make sense? That oh, yeah. Seem... Definitely yeah, yeah. different. So it was definitely... Yeah. So as a three-piece, it was yeah, a little more power pop, Um like I said, we did it as a three piece, but Bill like sat in on every song anyway. So it was, he just happened to not be in the band at the time, but yeah, we still had him do a bunch of stuff. And uh, so Sucker Punch was supposed to put it out, and it just got to be one of those things where he was clearly kind of flaking on it. You know what I mean? I just yeah, wasn't yeah. that that we, the whole point of us going out there was to play like record release shows and whatever. So the record was done. We did those shows, but it, it wasn't out, and we got back and you know at some point you realize this isn't going to happen. So, uh, Bill, our other guitar player, not at that time, but he had started his, <laughs> his record label with his yeah. wife at the time, and uh, Four on the Floor Records, and he's mm-hmm. like, "We'll put it out." And I'm like, "Great, I got it. it's it's here. It's done. It's it's literally it's done. Let's put it out." So yeah, he put that out for us. It, it's too bad. I and mean, nothing against Bill or his label or anything, but it's, no, it's no. too bad it wasn't on like a you know an established label like it should have been. Not that Sucker Punch was, but you know. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, and and that was a weird time. That was, that was very, very late '90s, and the pop punk thing had started to fade, had started to wane for sure. It was yeah. not a, it wasn't what it was in 1996 for sure. It was definitely not nearly as. Uh, if you're a pop punk band, you're getting a deal, you're getting, a, you know, and uh, now the the story obviously with the first record is as you probably know, but we put out a record on Rhetoric, our first full length. And we're really getting ready to support the thing and go out and play more and do <laughs> the thing. And and Rhetoric had some uh, some issues. Yeah, and yeah. the label ended up disbanding. <laughs> so we were kind of left with like, uh, you know, and hey, Brad's a great guy, still a friend of these days. Shout out to Brad. What's up, Brad? Uh, can't wait to see you again. But yeah, it was just sort of a so the rug got pulled out a little bit for you know reasons out of anyone's control. And uh, but then what do you do? You kind of left in a lurch. You know what I mean? You got. The, you, we had some copies, but we're not. You know, it was hard to hard to make too much traction. And then the second, by the time the second record got done, the pop punk boom had died a little for sure. And so it was just now. Hey, we made this record. Let's get it out somewhere. And Bill did a great job with it. They did everything they could for us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It just it just wasn't quite as big a thing at that point. Says it came out June thirteenth, two thousand and three. Does that sound right? It, it could be. Yeah. Um, it certainly was recorded. Seems like it was out before that. I would have guessed if I had to have. It was out before that, but it, it might have taken that long to get it out. I know it was yeah, definitely yeah. recorded in maybe like 2000. Yeah, because I remember we were we were hanging out quite a bit when when those songs were were in this. I don't want to say that, they were in the set list. You know, that was earlier. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That was before 2003. Yeah, so. no, it, I, I, I believe it probably did take that long to get it out. That, that wouldn't surprise me just due to the, the fact that, you know, 
getting it all together, getting getting somebody to put it out. It, it's it when you're when you're working with limited budgets, it, it takes a long time to get <laughs> things done. It's not just throw every, you know, it's everything costs money and oh yeah. It would, even the some of the worst stuff is coming down to the design, the layout, that somebody's got to do all that stuff and it's hard to get the stuff done. It takes a while. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much to the layout. <laughs> you know, no, the cover is that's, just that's, the... that's why because me and Bill ended up doing it. Bill did most of it. Yeah. Just cuz he he had some sort of Photoshop or whatever program he used he had some working knowledge of it and like all right let's just keep this clean let's keep it simple and let's get this thing done My dreams is a Sonic Dolls cover. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even know that. What the fuck? Yeah. Are you serious? That yeah, it's a Sonic Dolls cover. Yeah, we huh. did. Uh, I'm an idiot. We did a cover of. of we were going to do a split at some point with them. We, I, Eric from the Sonic Dolls. For those who don't know, Sonic Dolls are this band from Germany, uh, who are really cool. And Eric, the, the singer, he would just show up at my apartment. I would literally like be ready to go to work or whatever. <laughs> I hear this knock at the door. He's like, "This is Alex from Germany." I'm like. What are you doing here? So I'm on holiday. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I would just like call in sick to work and we would just go like he, he loved like this little 
super cheesy like rock and roll themed diner by my house and we'd go eat breakfast and then I think we'd just go drink all day I think I don't remember much of I, he was th- not there for a reason he just was he was there because at the time the Midwest was amazing for pop punk so he would tour there and that's just who he knew in America so he would just come to America and go to the Midwest and like, travel <laughs> around and, and surprise his people that he knew I was gonna say how bad is Germany that his vacation is uh Rockford Illinois <laughs> you know, but if, if if that's where the if that's where the fun is at the time, I know it's not it's not much to see for sure. But if you're in the, if you were into pop punk at the time, between Green Bay and the Pit, yeah. I mean that was that was it, man. I mean every band in America that was even close to that was was coming through. Uh, you know, Green Bay for sure. Oh yeah, Time Bomb Tom did a great job up there. Uh, the Pit was doing amazing shows. You guys played so many good shows in Green Bay. Yeah, Tom we, loved we, we you. Played a ton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was I love Tom to this day. He's a great dude. Yep. Yeah, he he did he did a lot for us. We played some of the great We played Norb's b- famous birthday show. They had like uh New Bomb Turks and the Donnas and Termites and yeah. Termites. Yeah, pretty much everyone. And and Tom was cool enough to give us a good slot. Like we played like two thirds of the way through that stupid show with probably having no right to do so, but he was great to us. You guys played at like four or five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it start it started at noon. Uh, it might have even been earlier. Yeah, right. I was could not have been more thrilled with that spot. I think I, I think the the reason Tom liked us, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first time because we had played the Fox Valley, Appleton, and that stuff a lot. So Green Bay is just a little bit further down the road, but there's a lot of crossover between the two. I know you know this. I'm trying to explain this to the audience. But uh, so the first time we played Concert Cafe. We had the sound guy play the Super Bowl Shuffle, the the 1985 Chicago Bears <laughs> theme song, as our yeah. intro music. And for those of you who don't know, most who would, uh, Time Bomb Tom is from Green Bay, but he's a huge Bears fan. Yep. Now he also made the guy stop because he thought there was going to be a riot. He's like, "What are you guys fucking doing?" But I think there was like a little bit of like he's thought, "Oh, all right, these guys are. I, I'm interested now." So, yeah, he was great to us. Seems like something he would have wanted to have come up with himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the uh, the other for uh, also for the uninitiated, Time Bomb Tom is his ex. He was like a wrestler, yep. but he was like the guy that would lose the wrestling matches. You know, he was that guy, a jobber, uh, but <laughs> a, just a great dude. We would play the shows, and then he would take us back to the record store that he worked at, and we would just drink beer and record shop. I mean, what's what's cooler than that? That's like the, at like two in the morning or whatever time it was. You know, I mean, it was great. Yeah, I I always got along with Tom. You know, I drove I had to drive a long ways to get there, but I was yes, doing that. And you were there. You, know, you were there a lot, multiple times a week. Yeah, so that's like a. You lived there at one point, didn't you? I did. I moved there for for a little while. Yeah, it's it's crazy that you relocate for punk shows. That's 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 <laughs> dedication. Yeah, I remember you stayed at my place there, and I didn't have anything. I might have had like a futon and records and maybe right. a TV even. <laughs> what else do you need? Yeah, but I lived actually, I lived like a block from the exclusive company, which is where Tom worked. Yep. Still right, does. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, I, still. I, I was there a lot actually. I would imagine you were. No, you guys, you guys played great, great shows there. Yeah, um, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the places. Uh, I mean, we spent most of our time in that band just due to the fact that we never got the traction with the record. and Well, maybe just due to the fact we, that we sucked. I don't know. Whatever the reason, we were like the band that you would call if you had a specifically pop punk band touring through the area and you needed a support act that was 
going to be able to rep- you know, be representative is going to show up. We never canceled shows. We didn't, you know, we would get the job done. So if you needed like some other support, you've got like maybe one local opener and you need another support band. We were the guys that got the call and we, we always pretty much took the show too. So <laughs> that's why we were so busy. Do you remember your first show here in lacrosse? Uh, <laughs> I do uh, vaguely. I th- I think I more no. It didn't the show get canceled and they moved it to like a loft <laughs> or something? Yeah. So that was I set that show up in the basement of a liquor store, and that we did shows at like parasites played there and shit. But um, not not surprising. I said yes to that one. The guy, <laughs> the guy who was he didn't even own the place. He was the guy that was renting it that was letting me do shows there. He lost his mind that day and he locked it and he wasn't going to open it. You guys were there. Um, a buddy of mine that lived right downtown in a big ass loft apartment. They had they had like a skateboard ramp in there and everything. At one yeah, point, yeah, yeah, um, yes, yeah. He said, "Let's do it over there." So we did it over there, and you guys played for like you guys were pulling out every cover you knew, and you guys just yeah. played forever. And there was an opening band too, and it was some young kids. And I want to say it was they were called Dick for short. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those guys were from here. It's some like this uh, younger kids. Yeah, that younger they were younger than us at the time. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah, we brought them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And that was actually, I think it was my birthday. Okay. Because I don't remember. I I don't even think I was. I wasn't even twenty one at that time. I don't think. No, no, I okay. wasn't. But I remember you guys. There's that punk bar here. I was just. I that that's. I actually remember that more. Is that place still there? <laughs> still there. You know, I it's been so long since I've been there. Um, I don't know. I know for a while there it was it was always a punk bar, but then it kind of became more of a goth bar, and it kind of went through sure. some changes. But the last time I was in there was a while ago, and I mean it was still the same atmosphere. You know, it still had. I loved that bar. That bar was great. That's one of my favorite punk rock bars. I've there aren't a lot of punk rock bars. It's not like a big. You know, there's not. A ton of them everywhere. So uh, yeah, I love that place. It's called Yesterdays, by the way. That sounds familiar. Only in Lacrosse. Lacrosse has so many bars per capita. There has to be a <laughs> punk rock bar because it's like it's like fucking New Orleans, but in like the middle of Wisconsin. You guys didn't play there, did you? There was a couple no. of bands that played there. No, it wasn't you guys. But you I would have loved to have. It would have been perfect. You guys played a block away at a different place though. Later on, I remember with um, who was that? What was that big band from Rockford that got sued? Um, oh, yeah, 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 uh, the Goodyear Pimps. Yeah, you guys played with them. Yep, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that uh, well, it was like an address or something, right? It's like the 10, 1030 or yeah, something? Yeah, it was, it was actually 324. 324, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. It's still there, it's not that, you know, it's gone through 100 name changes now, I've been there. Of course. That might have been the last time I was there, honestly, it was when you played there, but... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah, think, uh, the, those guys are, are, are still great friends, yeah, we, we all uh, went to high school together. And uh, they became like uh, a big. They were in uh, on Hollywood Records, uh, Mission Impossible Two soundtrack. I think it was. <laughs> they toured with the uh, uh, Insane Clown Posse for a short time. Yeah, oh, they, boy. I, but I'm yeah, Tony, my buddy from that band, and we we still we talk daily. So yeah, they weren't like you guys were nothing like them. No, no, no. We're not a very similar band. Um, they're still playing. We're probably closer to similar now. But yeah, no, it was yeah, it was it was a different thing. But you know, we we always like playing with them. It was a little hard because their their fans were always uh, they they toured constantly. I mean, that's what they did for a living. 
they toured the Midwest for a living. That's how they made their money. So they played constantly, and they were great, great performers and a great show band. And the people that go to see them were there to see them and loved them. It was always hard to open for them because we don't sound like them, and those people weren't, <laughs> you know, not, nothing nothing uh, against any of them. They just weren't there to see a pop-punk band. That wasn't there. <laughs> that wasn't what they were there for. I don't know. Maybe you guys played it here another time. I'm not sure. I don't remember. You guys didn't play The Warehouse, I don't think. We never the... did get to the warehouse. I think we were sort of working on that, and I, you had a fallout with that guy, I think. I'm, I'm buddies with him still. I talked to him. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, no, it, it, still if there. we played there, it would have been on you. I think I tried to contact him. That's back with, before email or anything, even you you know leave a message or whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, it, that was a pretty uh, tight-run ship from what I could tell. It wasn't like, you know, if you were a booking agent, you probably had a better chance, but we were booking our own stuff, so, you know. It wasn't going to be very likely if you didn't get us on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he's actually he's a super cool guy, and it's still going and everything. But um, yeah, for a while there there was that was the place. You know, every right. yeah, every yeah. fucking band and agent was was calling. So you, yep. it wasn't easy to get on. But a lot of good shows in the, in the late '90s. You know, all the all the good yeah, punk yeah. tours were seems like they were coming through. No, that that was the place. There were yeah, there was a certain. Uh, sort of circuit of those places that all the bands were playing those we just had trouble getting in there we, we would have needed some help from a yeah like a, an agent or you know Me. something like that so <laughs> yeah or you yes somebody yeah. that knows the guy yeah i remember uh i booked a parasite show here this was fuck i don't this is forever ago but i booked a parasite show not there at somewhere else and okay. i called my buddy to see if like they wanted to open hey you guys want to play with the parasites on so-and-so date you know and he's like no we can't we're we're pulling a show that night oh you know where you know or who are you playing with fyp like oh that sucks where you know downtown you know at the warehouse I'm like fuck i had right. booked the parasites on the same night as fyp had just been booked and yeah uh we had this running this running sort of theory i guess it felt like the the, the handful of times or whatever it is that we would go tour like the east coast or whatever it was i think one time the entire tour the damned was in town and they would be playing like two doors down like at the kick-ass venue and we'd be at you know a place that we could get in and uh <laughs> pretty much everyone we see later that night like oh yeah shit i would love to go on but i had tickets to the show and then it was like lag wagon i think the other time it was like we just followed them around not knowing and uh, yeah, it was it just it, <laughs> like okay, well that could have been better, but yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but no, I I, I remember just calling him and Parasites ended up playing on the FYP show. So oh, perfect. Yeah, beneficial to them. But no, you guys yeah. should if you ever want to come down, man, I'll get you a show there for sure. We'll have beers at yesterday's and then you guys can play. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, I'm in. So yeah, I still like that place is still somehow going. I can't believe it. That's a long time running punk rock venue there. That's crazy. All ages, venue dude. In general, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, Can I you drink there? No, no, no drinking. Okay. You got to go to. You got to go across the street. Well, there's bars all over, so it's not like you're. No, it's lacrosse. Yeah. You can't. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna trip over a bar. So, so back to. I wanted to mention. Um, I put out a seven inch. Uh, listen to me. I want to mention that I put out a seven inch. But no, but the Dumb and Love yeah. seven inch, dude. I. And it sound like an asshole here, but until the rock and roll band album came out, that was for me like my favorite, you know, collection of songs that you guys did. Those four songs were fucking unbelievable. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for putting it out. Uh, yeah, that was, I think that was a big step 
from the first group of songs. Yeah, you can hear that, that power group. pop influence coming in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think we were just kind of learning how to play. I really, you know, <laughs> it's just we were able to incorporate some more of influences that I mean it's a pop punk record. Let's not get carried away here. But it was a little more uh yeah, a little more straight pop or a little more um not quite just super fast, super stupid, you know, which is great. All this the fun stuff but yeah just a little more dare i say adult that sounds like a terrible <laughs> term but you know yeah not not adult that's a, a little just a little more advanced without being it was far from fancy it's not complicated but still
remember how we how that came about, but the label was brand new, and I think I just called you guys up and said I wanted to do it, and you did it, and I remember getting those songs that just floored how good they were. Well, I think we've established we didn't say no to anything, so yeah, uh, well. that's all, yeah all you had to do was call. <laughs> And I'm sure we were sitting on some songs that we wanted to, you know, get in and do. Yeah, we we did that whole record in one night, the whole thing, every uh, tracked, sang, mixed, everything, one night. Tell me about. Um, I did not know this, but before we started recording, you we were talking about the uh, Windy City Sound Clash, and I know you guys yes. had played there, and the Teen Idols played, but I had no fucking clue that you actually were playing with the Teen Idols at the time. You were the backing yeah, band yeah. for them. We we were the the de facto backing band. Yeah, we were on the gig, uh, and we were sort of not even really a band at the time. Uh, one of the guys that booked it was a, a friend of ours, and he was kind enough to get us on the show. And so you know, we we still were playing, but not super actively. And uh, I got a call from either him or Phil. I can't remember. And he was coming up from Nashville. Keith was living in, like north of Chicago. And they, it was sort of their coming out party of their reinvention yeah, yeah. kind of thing, I think. <laughs> I don't know if I'm misrepresenting it. but So they wanted to get on the gig, and uh, but they, he didn't have a band, he didn't have a drummer, he didn't have anything, you know. So he had a bass player, uh, a, a female bass player that was from the area. So he just needed the drumming and, and another guitar player or whatever. So we just learned, you know, he gave us a set list of four or five songs. We just learned the songs, and they just came up at the end of our set. And like special guests, you know, non-build, and uh, you know, of course, word leaks out, not by coincidence, but uh, it became sort of a <laughs> sort of a thing. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to be a part of. Who was the drum? Was that Paul Hollywood? It was. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy was yep. huge. Yeah, he's uh, a. <laughs> he, I just just we were just messaging earlier today. Yeah, he was he was one of the nicest guys I'd ever met. But um, yeah, yeah, he, was, yeah he could kill me with like one punch. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a teddy bear though. He's a giant teddy bear yeah. and an amazing drummer. The, oh yeah, like, maybe the, maybe the best musician I've ever played with. So, see, Paul, I said it was the guy who set up the the Windy City Sound Clash. Was that was that punk rock Jeff? Is that who it that, was? Yeah, he, yeah, he was he was one of the guys. Yeah, he was involved in it. Yep. Whatever happened to that guy? Uh he's around. I don't. Uh, I haven't seen him forever. Um, I see uh, social media posts, but I haven't talked to him in forever. Yeah, he those were cool. I don't know how many he did. Yeah. It, at least a couple. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they had cool posters. I remember that. Yeah, copyrights. They definitely have that. There's and, one. Yeah. There's one hanging right behind me. Yeah. Nice. The Falcon. I think that was when the Falcon like it was like one of their first shows. Okay. Yeah. Cool stuff, yeah. man. No, it was, it was fun. It was good. It was at the the place it was at in Chicago was one of the most amazing venues ever built for What's small that? time rock and roll. Uh, Reggie's. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like they built this perfect venue with a concrete stage with a big sewer grate in the middle. So when you threw up or spilled beer or whatever, you could just wash it down. <laughs> and, and it was just the floor, like a typical floor of a venue, no seats or anything, but it was pitched. So if you're standing in the back, you're higher than the people in the front. It was just little like handmade uh, balcony boxes, you know, up, like a theater would have. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool. It was a great venue. Super cool place. What's the coolest show you ever played? Hmm. That uh, lesson Jake showed OKs would certainly be up there. Um. Yeah, without thinking about it too much, that that's probably takes the cake just because of the the, the magnitude of that show 
was a theater show, but they shoved it into a bar. <laughs> but they allowed as many people as would fit in the theater into the bar. So it was just, it was mayhem. It was crazy. So I would say that without uh, thinking uh, too much, too hard about it. I remember Brad used to set up those rhetoric shows. Like he he would do the smaller shows at OKs, but he would also do some bigger shit. And um, yeah. he told me once he did it, he did the Offspring show. This was like uh, at the Barrymore, something oh, like wow. that. Okay. And there was there was a security thing. Like somehow the the the, the agent who was booking Offspring um, screwed him over on a tour before they got big. You know, okay. they, were, they were nobody, and then yep. somehow promised him the next time they came through, he would get the show, and the next time they came through happened to be, like, after they were, you know, on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. uh, so Brad had done the show at the Barrymore, but didn't hire, like, security or something like that? Oh, I'm and I'm sure that a place like that has all kinds of regulations and, yeah, <laughs> stuff that you're supposed to have that we wouldn't have thought to, to necessarily take care of. I got a quick... Uh, um, take a piss? we talking about? No, no, no. I will oh. in a minute. Yeah. And I got to get a beer more than anything. I got to get the offspring. So anyway, um, so Johan and Noah, the Bashaw guys. So they were booking shows and they were getting the shows were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They did uh, Jawbreaker and they did it at this big like boxing ring place. It was weird, but it was a pretty big room. I mean, I think 800 maybe. I mean, it was a big, big room. Um and then they did The Offspring. And it was so funny because that record just came out like a week or two before the show. And so they were out promoting that record. And they booked the show and it was a big deal. And I think there was like a show at the pit or something that night with somebody else. Maybe the Parasites. Maybe somebody like... Everybody went to that. And there were maybe <laughs> 15 to 20 people in this giant boxing arena with The Offspring. And, uh, you know, it, it happens. That's great. And then, and then, of course, that record, that song broke like a week later. You know, it, it did like, they missed by like a week. And later on, this is what the, what's funny, is Johan was in an airport somewhere. And he was walking down the aisle or whatever, down the in, in the hall. And Dexter and somebody else was walking the other way. And they kind of looked at each other and made eye contact. And he was like, Dexter gave him the look like, I fucking know you. <laughs> so I was thought it was hilarious. I would have been at the Parasites show myself. Well, I, I, yeah, I may have been too, other than I was trying to support my boys. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was it was it was a big place and not very many people. Yeah, it was it happens. You book shows, it's gonna happen sometimes. I don't remember. I just remember Brad telling me something about the Barrymore. How it was just fucking chaos. But I, I should. Yeah, I never heard that one. That's that's funny. I should have him on sometime because I know he's got his his whole story. <laughs> you should definitely but, um, have him on sometime. Let me ask you real quick. What was the video shoot you guys were going to that night? Was that Teen Idols or Squirt Gun? It was Teen Idols. Okay. So the... It was Teen Idols in Fort Wayne. Yeah. And uh, the... Um, God, what was the band from Fort Wayne? Female bass player. I think she was a bass player. I think she was also a film student or a fi maybe beyond student. I don't know, whatever. But I think she sort of shot and directed the video. I never, we never went to the video shoot. We got there after that or something. Um, but yeah, they shot like a, it was the movie theater song, right? The song about the movie theater. So they yeah. shot it in like a little movie theater. Oh, so yeah. you weren't actually at the, you didn't go to the video I wasn't video at shoot? the video shoot. I was, I was at the post game, which was much crazier. What was the post game all about? Uh, Just hanging out at 
whoever's apartment we were house we were at and just you know it was a lot of people around and a lot of shenanigans so you guys drove all the way there just to yeah just to go to a yeah, party yeah yeah pretty much cool well i, I suppose it's pretty teen much. idols so but uh, yeah, i thought yeah, maybe it, was just, it seemed like it, what, what else was i it was i was single <laughs> i didn't yeah. you know what else do i have to do so brad called me and said hey the teen idols are doing this video shoot you want to go he drops down, picks me up, and we, or I think I drove from there, and yeah, we went, we went down and had a fun. Which is, which it, is yeah, good. We had too much fun. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I never said it would be easy, cause I'd be lying to myself. You don't know what it means to me to see you walking down the street with somebody else. I got married like 18 years ago. You were in my wedding. Yes. And something happened I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I I've, I've I'm married. I, I that day is just a kind of a blur, right? You don't really know know what's going on. But uh so anyway, so I drive up to Lacrosse, we you know, going to be in the wedding. Uh the wedding day itself, it, the venue was pretty far from your place, right? It was a, like even a state over or something, wasn't it? Was it in Minnesota? Yeah, we got married in Minnesota. It was actually, I don't know if you remember, but it was outside at like a waterfall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah beautiful place. And I it was like 180 yeah, degrees out. It yeah. was super hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great for black tuxes, right? That happens. And, and so, black yeah, chucks. So it's, it's, it's a 
It's in black chucks, yes, which I think I still have. I, 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 I'm Holy not, I shit. I think I still have those. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a drive. We go to the venue, and then the reception is a bit of a drive as well. Yes. Uh, back kind of the other direction, this really little, like, quaint country diner is not the right place, but, like, little country restaurant, a very a little intimate cafe. venue. A little cafe, right. The wedding, wedding's outside. We drive to the dinner. I don't really know anyone there. I know Nate. I know Tracy a little <laughs> bit, but not really. So yeah. I'm just hanging out, whatever. Uh, we're driving to the dinner. I'm in the back seat, and one of the the women that was in the car pulled out some weed. And she's she's uh, she <laughs> lighted up a bowl or whatever it was. I don't smoke weed, typically. But I'm like... I don't know anybody here. This is going to be kind of weird at this dinner. I don't even know what I'm doing here. So let me, uh, yeah, I'll take some of that. Let's try that. And, of course, like any non-weed smoker does, you you take a hit and nothing happens immediately. So you're like, ah, that didn't really do anything. Can I have some more? Can I hit that again? So I take another big hit. So we get to the to the, to the the restaurant and I'm it starts to hit me, right? So I'm kind of lingering outside a little bit, like trying to gather myself in, into an already sort of weird, precarious situation. So I walk into this little restaurant and every seat's taken. Literally every seat in the entire <laughs> place is taken. I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I going to? And I'm, it's starting to hit me. And this is my worst nightmare. Like, I don't know what to do. I can't even really talk. <laughs> There's nowhere to sit. It was like a game of, what's the, the game where the the chairs, you know, the musical chairs. Musical chairs. And I lost, but I've got to <laughs> what, I, I stand in the middle of the room. So I think somebody must have saw the, the look in my eyes like, do you need some help? And I, I see, do you have a seat somewhere? So they just find a chair somewhere and shove me into this table, like at the corner. And I'm like, great. And I'm sitting there and they're serving the food and people are eating. Everyone's having a good time. I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm like, <laughs> I got to get the fuck out of here. So right in the middle of dinner, I just get up, I walk out, and I walked down the street and sat on a bus bench for, it might have been six days, I don't really know, I'm not sure. But at some point, it kind of got to the, or, or maybe somebody found me, I don't remember how I came back to the situation, but it, I think dinner was over, I was like, I don't care, I couldn't eat right now, I, oh my god. So yeah, I was high as fuck at Nate's wedding, and had no idea what to do because I didn't have a chair, and so I sat on a bus bench. I, dude, I kind of remember that because I remember it was either, I think it was Tracy, she like, you were outside, and she like looks <laughs> yes. at me and she goes, what the fuck is Kevin doing out there? And I thought, you know, because it was like a, it was like a small. I was tripping balls, that's what I was doing. <laughs> it was a really small place, and it was just like yeah, yeah. family and the wedding party. There wasn't, there was like 25 yes. people there, maybe, right. and there well, was really. Tw- there were 20, there were 26 people and 25 chairs. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah. there, prob- there probably was a chair for me. I'm sure there was. I just couldn't find it. It was, it was not, it wasn't findable for me I, at the time. Yeah, and I remember like. I remember thinking um, there wasn't like alcohol at the dinner, so I thought, well, maybe he's right. outside. Maybe maybe he's got a beer and he's just being respectful. He's just drinking it on the street instead of in the restaurant. Sure, I don't fucking know. And then I remember right. you came in. I remember you left again. It's like I don't know what he's doing. And um, yeah, I I, th- I feel like I came in and out a couple times trying to. Okay, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> and then I get in there again, and you're like, uh oh, not good. I'm going outside. 
to, to, I'm, go, I'm going outside to sit in the sun with my black tuxedo on. <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. I love it now. I'm so glad it happened because it's a great story. But uh, yeah, at the time it was it was not great. However, the rest of the night was awesome. I came down and then we got hammered and watched. Uh, who was your friend's band? What, what were they named? So again? so the, then we had to drive back to Lacrosse. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That the reception was at at like uh that that venue it's still there. It's a venue, but um that used yeah, to be yeah. like uh, a bunch of punk bands used to play there. Who's Could played there. Replacements, Black Flag. Okay. Yeah, it looked so. like a uh, the old like town hall gathering place kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Totally. Dude, it, dude, yep. it was cheap and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Oh, that was great. I had a great time. Once I got there, I was like in my element. And I got <laughs> yeah. some beers in me, and I like chilled out a little bit. Yeah, but that was uh, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if we ever really talked about that because you you were so busy as you would be at your wedding, and I was just freaking the fuck out. Bad choice on my part. <laughs> I we had a small wedding party. You remember? There's only like three three bridesmaids, yes. three groomsmen. So yep. I I know who it had to have been. So I haven't seen her for a mm-hmm. while, but her and my wife were were very very good friends. So that's really fucking hilarious. Yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. She she got me fucked up. That's great, man. I never heard yeah. that. Yeah. That was, so that was fun. Yeah. So oh, that explains a little bit. I came to your wedding. I think you got married right after me. Shortly uh, after? It wouldn't have been long. Yeah, yeah, it would have been shortly after, right. Exactly. And, like, yeah, I, I remember you there. I don't remember much about it. You know what I mean? You're just so in a panic or just trying oh, to, yeah. like, take care of all of the stuff. The the My favorite thing that I remember from my wedding is uh, the DJ we hired was a, a friend of mine uh, who was not a punk rocker, but he was a he was a DJ, and he was going to be at the wedding anyway, so, you know, you hire him or whatever. And he, him telling me afterwards, it was absolutely the hardest gig he's ever had <laughs> because everybody there was like, hey, do you have the Japanese import of that Cure single, uh, blah, blah, blah? <laughs> he's like, no, I've got the fucking, I got Celebration. That's what I got. Yeah. I, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So he just, all night, everybody coming up to him asking for, like, for incredibly specific, like, rare music or whatever stuff you wouldn't hear at a wedding but you know so tough gig for him it's funny because i remember our dj kind of did the same thing we were like giving him songs that we might want to hear you know and there's like ramones and shit like that and i remember him being like i've never played any of these at any gig (laughs) and that was even that was pre-download so you at least have to have the cd or something you know it was (laughs) it wasn't like you could just play it in your out of your phone or whatever so yeah you had to actually have the stuff with you yeah i think maybe napster was around or something you could have you know but you would have had to have tried to you know really go out of your way to find a lot of that stuff yeah certainly while you're there i mean some guy comes up you can't just oh yeah some rare song we gave him uh, yeah i'm sure we gave him a list of things that we sort of (laughs) wanted but yeah they were coming up with you know just out of the blue with some crazy shit so yeah yeah i remember your wedding just being there and I don't think we went to the wedding. I think we just went to the reception. But yeah, I knew like yeah, the, the wedding know. was at a very very small place. So yeah, yeah. No, almost no one did. Yeah, I, I remember Bill and Mike and and those guys there, and I I know the, them of course. So sure. Speaking of Bill and Mike, and I didn't want to like skip over mono and stereo, but um, I feel like yeah, you can't really talk about mono and stereo without starting with Mulligan stew. Oh no, for sure, and 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 yeah, no. It so it's it's basically. It's basically Mulligan Stew. Uh, the sound is a little different, but the three main guys are are all there. Different drummer, but you guys always had different drummers. 
Yeah, there was a different drummer every day. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty pretty normal. So how did mono and stereo start? Well, um, the Mulligan Stew thing had come. We never broke up or anything. It just sort of stopped. You know, it just sort of was what it was. Yeah, you did dumb downs. Uh, so in the were... interim, we did the dumb downs, and the yeah. concept of that was we all lived in different towns, and so we wanted to write songs that were so simple and so like over the top pop punk that you didn't really have to know them to play them. You just kind of <laughs> had to know it in your head to like, Oh yeah. It, they were just so like every change went exactly where, you know, it's going to go. So you didn't have to like practice the song. You just kind of had to know the song in your head and you could play it. <laughs> yeah. So that was the entire concept of that. Thus the dumb downs. It, it was even like a backstory. Like it was this pop punk band on tour in Norway or something. And they got, trapped in a blizzard and frozen in time and then thawed out and then just like kept doing what they were doing so it was very like rudimentary pop punk uh so we did that for a while i remember the logo yeah like you had a punk guy with like a mohawk and it was like yeah it was like a dude dude in a suit that we like really drew bad like liberty spikes on him yeah yeah it was a very punk rock kind of looking thing so we did that for a while but that was never really a thing that was just sort of something to do and uh we just hadn't played we hadn't played in a while and uh, I was just talking to Bill, and Bill and I are like musical soulmates, just whatever. We happen to always be thinking the same thing at the same time for the most part. And he was talking about wanting to get something going, and I, I had been wanting to get something going. And we had some ideas of like what we wanted to do, and we were working on some things, and we just kind of got together and said, let's just do whatever comes up. Whatever we write, whatever. It doesn't have to be a specific genre. It doesn't have to fit into a, a tiny little space. Uh, you know, pop punk can be a little, uh, it, it can, it, if you, if you try and paint outside the lines a little too much in pop punk, people get weirded out by it sometimes yeah, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. This is what they want. That's what they want to hear. And that's fine. But we were kind of to the point where we wanted to explore some different avenues. So no specific thoughts on what it would sound like. We just literally wrote some songs and. And if it took us down a path, we just did it. And that's kind of how it ended up. I kind of feel like you're talking about me in a way. <laughs> no, 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 not you. It, it, I know. It, it, was, it was literally Mulligan Stew. When we would write songs in Mulligan Stew, we would have like, oh, no, we can't do that. We're, we're this kind of band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a minor key. We can't play a minor key. What, what do you do? <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's, it just, which is fine. And it is what it is. It just felt limiting at the time when we started it. So like, all right, let's just see what happens. So when we we had been listening to, we had been listening to different stuff the whole time anyway. Yeah. Uh, all our lives, but more recently, even probably more divergent and more you know uh, differing styles of music. And we was like, let's just go with what what happens, and we'll see what happens. If, and our whole theory was, if no one likes it, if no one shows up, if no, you know, we're on borrowed time at this point in punk rock. It, we've been doing this for long enough. We should we should be done by now anyway. So let's just do whatever happens, and if no one shows up, no one likes it. Who cares? We're doing it for ourselves. So. I want to ask something because I'm getting older. Despite my best intentions, I might be getting sober. Now will you be there for me when I have less to offer? And if I can't afford it, then I rescind the offer now. Cause I don't wanna waste our time. 
Yeah. So what's going on now with it? Um. Well, COVID. Like you, uh, you guys practiced. Started... Like you told me you practiced last night. Uh, last night and, and the week before was the first time. In, okay. Since okay. The previous the previous February. Yeah, I hadn't really even seen any of the guys. So, so are you guys? Was, yeah. You guys, you got a show planned or any releases, any recordings planned, no, or just hanging no, out? No shows for a while. We're gonna wait a little while on the shows. We're probably gonna record. Um, we had some stuff that we were getting ready to record anyway. Yeah. And uh, over COVID, I wrote some stuff that we're kind of trying to flesh through, and so yeah, we'll probably record um, first, just sort of start getting that going, and and then see where shows end up. It had to have been driving you nuts because you you probably played it, with those guys at least almost weekly, at least in some form for almost yeah. what thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, that no, sucks. It was, it, it was it was insane. Yeah, I, I went crazy. I had a it was not good. It was not good, but I just kept, <laughs> uh, I, I kept banging away. I, I bought a little digital recorder and I was just banging out little tunes by myself, just trying cool. to keep, keep active, keep, uh, just keep my brain from going crazy and just trying to keep, keep the, the muscle, uh, exercised. So when you're, when you're just, you know, home recording, just writing stuff, is it, do you, do you ever naturally fall back into that, you know, that more Mulligan stew style? constantly yes yeah. yeah that that happened that happens a lot but it's it, i don't force it but what's been uh good lately is when we did start mono and stereo we kind of did have to stop it that was the one avenue we had to like go all right this shouldn't go down that too far only because we were just trying to make a separation between because it is yeah three of the same guys it's <laughs> going to be very easy for everyone to go this is just mulligan stew yeah your voice so bill's we, voice it's the same yes, thing yeah it, it's going to be the same thing you could change the name it doesn't matter it's going to be the same thing so we did consciously at first try to not go down that avenue too much but now i think we've we've had enough time and enough separation that now that'll probably as a matter of fact some of this newer stuff we're working on is probably way more down that line than than it would have been before for sure hmm probably won't be quite as obvious it won't be quite but it's it's definitely in there yeah it's no no doubt i'm just happy you guys are still going it's just i remember when that whole thing started it was like yeah these guys (laughs) you know what i mean like your old buddies it's just still still rocking yeah we're we're still doing it it's uh it's it's hard to believe but yeah we're still doing it it's why not what else do i have to do you know it's weird like doing this doing this podcast like like I said you, I've made all these new friends and it's and it's fun to like reconnect with you and stuff you get a you get a little older you get married you have kids and the next thing you know it's 10 or 15 years later and you kind of realize like fuck I haven't I haven't seen my my buddies in a long time right, so for what, sure. you know so having you on is is awesome but it's also like knowing that you three you Bill and Mike are still playing together it's just it's it's sort of Sounds corny, but it's sort of comforting, you know. Like I'm not that old yet. These guys are still doing it, so yeah, it's really no, cool. You're, you're old. We're just still doing it. I, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Bo- so. Both both things can be true, <laughs> as, as are we for sure. So yeah, no. But that's yeah, no. I I, I love it. I, I before um, COVID, obviously, we were we were fairly busy. We were really getting out there and finding new venues and finding new. You know, I still uh, some of it comes from old contacts from people I knew from before. Some of it's new; it's always changing, always ever evolving. But we were finding some great venues, uh, 
even cooler, we were finding some really, really good like-minded bands that were great fits for us. It just worked as a show, you know, as a, they were, you know, similarly, uh, large from it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like these huge bands or these bands that could draw no one. We're all kind of the same band. So we put three or four of those together on a bill and you've got a really good show. And those were fun because even if no one shows up, you've got these other three bands that you're great friends with that you're hanging out that all appreciate what you other are doing. That's not the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? It was yeah, yeah. we were having we were having a really good time with that stuff. So and uh and definitely hope to continue that going forward for sure. That's the plan. Yeah, it just sucks that last thing that came out, the uh the can't stop the bleeding came on a yep. rum bar. It seemed like it was it seems like it was during COVID, but it was just shortly before, just the year it before. Was just, it seems like a, a, a theme in our our, our musical <laughs> lives, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right right when you, you the momentum starts, the the rug gets pulled out, but that's, you know, what are you going to do? Uh so yeah, that record came out probably 4 months, 5 5 months before COVID, some, something like that. But, you know, at this stage obviously uh, not doing the even like we uh, like we mentioned earlier we didn't do that before so much either the just like full-on tour i don't think a lot of bands are doing that anymore you just go out on weekends and you go hit spots you know what i mean it doesn't seem like bands do those like used to be like more like month or two long tours and you would just tour 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 you know and bands are touring a lot i just don't think they're doing it they're kind of hitting a certain amount of shows and then coming back and then taking a break for a week and then going out yeah you know, yeah and, and we're just we're, we're doing a little more of that it was getting started and uh yeah we were lining up some really good shows last year we we lost some really good shows that we had lined up that were going to be really cool but uh, you know it is what it is uh, a lot of people lost a lot more than that so oh yeah i thought the uh i thought that cover art was fucking great with all the beer cans yeah, yeah, that's my buddy Art Friedel. He's a, he's an amazing artist. So just so you know how that was done, that's a painting, like a real, real painting. It's a, it's a picture of a painting, but it was painted. I have the the painting, but he took cans of beer and he painted them all white, put mo- <laughs> uh, mono and stereo stickers on them, and crushed them in various degrees, and then set them up with like lighting and everything. Took a picture. Or, no, no, he painted that. And then took a picture of the paint, like a high res picture of the painting, so it can be adjusted and maneuvered and whatnot. So yeah, no, it's he's he's amazing. Yeah, he's he did a great job on that. That's cool. I remember it. it I don't remember when it was. I think it was you. It had to have been you. Uh, a few years back, you were at a wedding, or you were somewhere, and okay. you had sent me a picture of uh, your table, like it was like you, Bill, and Mike, and you were at an event. And you took a picture of the table, and there was a couple of beer cans. And then, like, okay. 20 minutes later, half hour later, you sent me another picture, and there was more <laughs> beer cans. And by the end of the fucking night, you had sent a picture, and you guys managed to almost fill a whole fucking table with bottles and cans. <laughs> yeah. When we when we get together, it can get a little, uh, it can get a little scary. <laughs> so, uh, you got anything else going on in your life besides... Nothing and and mono and stereo kind of starting up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, COVID obviously put a put a halt to to almost everything. I have, yeah. oh, I guess this is, uh, yeah, I, I have two grandchildren. Yes. So that's that's been uh, that's that's occupied most of my last year because those were so weird. A couple of the humans <laughs> that we actually saw. I know. Trust me, to say it out loud is fucking weird beyond belief. But they're amazing and it's cool and 
and uh, yeah, my daughter's amazing. Uh, yeah, both my all three of my kids and my two grandkids, yeah, they're, they're great. So yeah, that's been uh, over the last year. That's been the the busiest part of our lives. It's just they they live an hour from here, so we're we're back and forth quite a bit, just trying to hang out with them. It, it, it honestly it was a lifesaver during COVID because you know we didn't see many people, and they were on the very 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 small circle of people we would we would see, and uh, yeah, so that was just getting up there was was great just to get out of the basement you know yeah your daughter was a she's a hell of a bass player right yeah she's amazing yeah still yeah still is yeah she's and, and also an amazing amazing artist she's a great painter catless everdeen catless everdeen should google it her artwork's great yeah check it out she played bass with with you guys for a while right or a couple she did. shows she she played she played the dumb downs quite a bit and then she played some shows when in mono if uh, Mike couldn't make it, yeah, she yeah. would fill in for that. Yeah, she was she was it. She was in a hardcore band called uh, The Mill. Uh, yeah, so and she was young, like she wasn't like no, no, yeah, she played with us when she was like sixteen. Yeah, yeah, that's was, crazy. Young. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's a, an amazingly talented person. Yeah, great bass player, great painter. That's awesome. Congratulations on being a grandpa. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? It's weird, punk that's, rock grandpa. Yeah, it's weird to think, man. No, it yeah, it is. It's it's a, it's a weird thing to say, but it it is what it is, and I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't trade it. No, so well, man, I won't keep you any longer. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out. You know, I had this. I I completely, dude, I for, completely forgot about the birthday thing. It wasn't until like three days ago, and it hit me. I'm like, fuck, there's a birthday show. I got to do something, you know. And well, um, it's it's no big deal. I've been sitting around for three years waiting for the phone call, so you know. It takes Not a while. A deal. I'm a busy guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, understood. I'm I'm kidding, dude. I I waited too long, you know. So no, 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 no. I get it. No, you've uh, nobody knows me, so I get it. Some somebody knows you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, whatever. I hope I hope I hope you guys enjoy. It was fun. I'm, uh, I was glad to do it. I it went on long enough that I got a little buzz by the time we got done. So that's good. Nice. We gotta have. I gotta have you on so people are familiar with you. So when that new Mulligan Stew record comes out, we can sell a couple yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey man, who's who's to say it might not happen? Why not? What else do I have to do? I've been a fan of of Mulligan Stew for forever, and you've been an awesome friend over the years. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, you you as well, and I appreciate everything you've done for us. And uh, yeah, we need to get together and hang out. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, I'll let you go, but um, tell 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 Bill that I want to have him on sometime, and uh, have him get a hold of me or something. You know, no, Mike, sure. I like uh, Mike too. Don't get me wrong, but the, I have this weird memory of Mike. The last one of the last times we hung out was at a house party in Janesville or something, and I remember him screaming cheeseburger over and over. <laughs> and so every time I think of Mike, I, I hear him yelling like right next to me in my fucking ear, cheeseburger. And it was like, sounds, I don't even remember what the right. fuck that was about, but yeah. Good times, but yeah, yeah. Mike in social situations would would uh, <laughs> he would make the best of things for himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know the. Do you remember his dances like the lawnmower and the yeah. head swimmer and the yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that was his way to to get through things. Absolutely, <laughs> that's great. But no, um, tell tell Bill to get a hold of me. I'd like to have him on sometime. So like absolutely. in three, three more I'm years, sure. you know, I got to space you guys out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to over, uh, overdo it for sure. All right, dude, I, I, I appreciate you. I, you know, honestly, I've, I've been waiting to have you on and it just seemed like the right time. This, this birthday thing, it means a lot and, uh, take care and, uh, be in touch, please. Any new music send my way. 
You have a good night, and uh, I'll be in touch. Dude, thanks. I appreciate I, pre- I appreciate you having me. It was fun. Yeah, say hi. Say hi to everybody. And um, we'll do. All right. Take it easy.